What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Calm Chatter. Today, I'm flying alongside one of my favorite Star Wars people, personalities, podcasters, Ken Knapsack from Force Center Podcast. How's it going, Ken? Hey, Alex. It's great to be here. Uh, I, I really love this game, but I didn't really play it much after I finished the story. No reason. Just just didn't. Uh, sorry as I adjust my mic live on an, on an air. I, I'm, I'm an amateur here, Alex. I apologize. <laughs> um, but I want, I'm, so I'm, I'm not only looking forward to some pew, pew, pew action, I'm looking forward to you teaching me how to fly. Happily. Yeah. You got the, yeah, you got the basic default outfit here. Mm. We're ready to go. Ready to go. Uh, <laughs> what, are you, what are you best at flying? Uh, I like the Interceptor. That's oh, usually what I go for, but uh, I, I guess I would go Bomber after that. Okay. The, the Fighter's you, the one that I don't spend a lot of time in, which is weird, because I love the X-Wing. But You're a classic X-Wing guy, yeah, but, but Interceptor makes sense. Um, oh, the, the B-Wing is uh, available now, huh? Yeah, it is. <sighs> it's weird, but it's fun. So the, the gist of this podcast is that we're going to fly mm. around and... We're going to play the game. Right now, we're just against AI. Uh, easy AI, even. But we're going to do our best to carry on a conversation while we're flying around and trying to take down a Star Destroyer. Uh, yeah. But I, it actually does occur to me, I don't think we've talked a whole lot about like our introductions to Star Wars. or I, I don't mm. feel like I know your story. So what was your introduction to Star Wars? When did you first become a fan? First became a fan in... in 83, uh, uh, seeing Return of the Jedi in the theater. Um, I am of the age that Star Wars was real fresh, but I was also real fresh myself. So I was one in 77, and I did see it at a drive-in. My parents swaddled me in a, in a blanket in a Volkswagen van. Classic 70s story. Uh, and uh, but, but, you know, you start, you don't really, till you're like six or seven, you don't really like, you're not, you can't identify what's what. So I grew up thinking. Uh, it's, it's now on the record that you saw A New Hope and didn't care for it. Didn't care for it. Didn't care for it. Um, yeah. And uh, between that time and when I saw Return of the Jedi in 83, uh, I, I thought Battlestar Galactica and uh, Buck Rogers and Star Wars were all the same. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, you know, you're, kid, you're like four or five. I remember my cousin had figures for all of them. And I just assumed... Like where was that deep 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 robot in Star Wars? Let's like the one that's from Buck Rogers. Where he wasn't in the movie. I I didn't understand. So um, it wasn't until Return of the Jedi that um, I was seven, saw it, and absolutely just left the theater in love. What uh, was it about Return of the Jedi that really grabbed your attention? Uh, you know, you start with the cool action, right? Like that's why I always say it's it's okay to watch Star Wars for just the pew 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 of it all. Uh, we kill an Versio's ship? Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I can deal with that. Um, you know she, what I mean? She's like, defected by now, so we're safe. <laughs> that's true in the timeline. Uh, we need to talk about how Aiden, Shriv, and Carson Tevin need to be the Rangers of the, of the new Ooh, yeah, give me some Shriv. Um, but yeah, so that, yeah, it just was the world. So, you know, it's crazy action. It's Luke on the katana. Uh, it's all those things, you know, and, and, and your fandom grows and, and matures and all that stuff. Of course it, it does, naturally, and it should, but, uh... Uh, yeah, I just couldn't believe what I've seen. And, and that goes to the Ewoks. And I, I, I had an anti-Ewok phase in my life. But I can't deny that seven years old, I didn't question. It was like, yeah, those teddy bears are helping, and that's cool. So <laughs> that's kind of where it was for me. Oh, boy. I evaded a missile. I do not know how, Alex. I completed <laughs> the story mode. I really did. I'm not, I'm not horrible. Just have you mode. have everything you need. Good. I love that quote. That's, that's a quote from Indiana Jones. <laughs> 
<laughs> what what is your favorite Star Wars story now? Uh, whether it is a movie or uh, a book, it could be anything. Oh, favorite Star Wars story. Wow, that's an interesting way to phrase it because you and I are riding the high from Light of the Jedi. Mm. Uh, and you know, I, you know, I, I, it's my, I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost comfortable, you know, saying it as that's my favorite Star Wars book, uh, and, and that, and I love a lot of the new canon ones. You, you know that. But uh, man, that got me. Oh, I died. Does that mean the, show, the show's over? The show's it's over. A, that's it. We got to shut it down. Okay. Oh, they're they're replaying my death. That's a cruel and unusual punishment. But I like it. Um, I, you know, it might be, it might be Return of the Jedi, if that makes sense. Even though, it's, if you're talking about story, not movie, um, yeah, I would say Return of the Jedi. It's it's uh, victory. It's it's the uh, light and dark, the battle, the choice to to be better, the choice to change your path. It's redemption, and all that shows up in every other part of Star Wars, obviously. Uh, but that's part of what got that movie, or, or what that movie did to pull me into Star Wars. Yeah, all, all those big themes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's I don't think I've ever really thought about the way I even asked that question. Is that mm-hmm. yeah, your your favorite Star Wars story might be different from your favorite movie, right? So what I, yeah. what is your favorite Star Wars movie, and what makes it not your favorite yeah. story? Like <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think uh, I, I, I'm cliche in that regard. I, I, I do love Empire. Um, only because it still blows my mind that they, you know, that... that oh, man. Is it a good idea to just run into the cruisers? Uh, only if it's, like, Arvel printed time. Just mm-hmm. right at the end there. I, I skimmed it. And then, all right, we're going to... You know, Tell me if we need to coordinate something, too. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm okay with that there. Uh, oh, I, uh, next time I'm going to change my starfighter. I might try to fly the B-wing just for just to satisfy that uh, seven-year-old inside me. Um, yeah, yeah, Empire. I mean, it just it still blows my mind uh, that they were to pull be able to pull that off, uh, following uh, such a you know self-contained story in A New Hope, and uh, you know that's ends pretty hopeful. We blew up the orb and we win. And then to follow that up with, uh, and then it gets worse. Which, yeah, classic second act stuff. That's 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 as old as time. But to do that on that level was pretty cool. And I still, I just, I love living in that movie a lot. Uh, and the Dagobah sequence just continues to get bigger in my mind. Um, yeah, that stuff about Taika Waititi was saying in the gallery stuff, which just like it kind of blows his mind when you think about the whole sequence and some of the stuff in there and the lessons and everything. That, that sticks with me. Yeah. All right, are we defending the frigates? Okay, we're defending yeah, yeah. the... Ooh, I just let a rocket hit me, okay. Rocket man, I died, that. see, uh, there must be something wrong with my armor, right? <laughs> All right, I'm going to switch ships. Uh, we'll see how this goes. Your B-wing? I'm going to give I'm gonna give the B-wing a go here. Famous last words. <laughs> I'm a fan of the Mon Calamari, and, and I know they're still even in can- canon if something to do with this, you know? Uh, yeah, Star Wars Rebels. Wow. Okay, I mean, it doesn't feel any different in my brain. Is there a button I press and I go sideways? Uh, yeah. I think you have to, like, hold one of the triggers. I keep looking over like I can see your gameplay and I can't. <laughs> I mean, I can, I've got the... Gosh, I had all these controls memorized. I swear I did. 
I'm gonna take you out. What are these? What are the? What's the Corvus called? What's the the? Uh, the Raider. The Raider. Okay. I don't know what I'm doing, but I like it. Um, what's your favorite story? Star Wars story? Don't say Revan. Don't say Revan. Oh Please no no. Uh, it's more, or it's still a New Hope. Like that's always probably gonna be my yeah. gold standard. Uh, in the past five years or so, I'd probably go with uh, well, Fallen Order. I couldn't even remember the name of it for a second, but I right. loved Fallen Order. Uh, uh, Light yeah. of the Jedi is up there for me, though. Light of the Jedi is. It's obviously doing something different, and, it, and it's setting up other things. What uh, I love the Fallen Order answer. I, I do love a lot of things in the, the story. Uh, the game frustrated me because I'm even though I play games a lot, I am uh, still that generation that's like, why? Why am I looking up? Um, so, what what pulled you in about that story? I just, I, I think I was so unexpected, uh, or I did not expect how much I would love it. I thought it was going to be a fun like hack and slash, but they just put so mm. much thought and love into the story. Right. Uh, doing things like experiencing Order sixty six from another point of view, I thought was a really great touch. Right. I don't know. I just they did so much stuff that was new, but they also balanced it with familiar. Getting to go to Ilum, like I just remember mm. my mouth being on the floor for the second half of the get that game. Yeah, the Ilum stuff's great. That's currently where I'm lost on my replay. Um, I not my. I didn't replay the story, but like uh, I just was like, oh, let me pick up the game and maybe figure uh, getting uh, stuff out again. And I'm stuck on Ilum. I can't get off this like ice <laughs> slides. Uh, yeah, no, look, I, and it, the game deals with a lot of trauma. It's in a different, um, it's in, in a familiar part, timeline, but a different corner, uh, not just, you know, literally, but just, like, emotionally, and, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm there for a lot of stuff. I do like um, the Inquisitor, that kind of, uh, that storyline, she was great, and uh, Marin, I, I really do like Marin uh, a lot, too, so there's a lot to love in that story, and I know a lot of people loved it. The game, I just, I kept falling off the ledges. And I just, you know, after a while, you're just, you're throwing your controller down and that's its own kind of trauma. Yeah. What era of Star oh. Wars do you feel like you like the most? I love the Battle of the Rebellion versus the Empire. I am all about that. You know, I always talk about war over lore, but meaning that kind of the Jedi stuff too, though. I mean, that continues to uh, teach me things. And, and uh, how many times have I died versus you died? I think I've died once. God bless not, you. Not trying God to brag here, but no. I mean, you're ranked 115, and I'm ranked one. There's going to be, you know, problems. Um, yeah. Uh, um, um, what was I saying? <laughs> this is what you. This, this is your show, right? <laughs> uh-huh, this, this is, is the show. point. Okay. Yeah, your favorite era. Oh yeah, um, it's that. And then I, I have uh, loved the. From Solo to, you know, the beginning of New Hope and, and New Hope, of course, like I, I just love that ro- what I call the Rogue One era, which is, includes Rebel Rising, Catalyst, uh, you know. Uh, They're calling that, I think, the age of the Empire right now. The Empire or whatever it is. Like, I, I, that's why I'm looking forward to the Cassian series. I still want a, uh, a, um, I want Infus Nest. I want a little bit more there. Just, and that's why I love a lot of what Solo does. It's uh, a big, Han Solo is my favorite character. But just that era, um, the rebellion, the groundswell, where it comes from, and where it ends up, too, and how it needs to go to Mothman, needs to go to the military, needs to go to Radis, 
uh, and those type and, 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 you know, uh, Scrimshaw's uh, favorite, least favorite politician, Noah Jabell, who's like, that star's not that bad. <laughs> uh, you know, it, that's very interesting to me and how it all leads to the, you know, Battle of Endor and Battle of Jakku and all that stuff. But I, I love that era leading up to uh, New Hope. I really do. Um, yeah. And I, I do want more storytelling there. What faction do you like the most? Uh, well, <laughs> um, I own a lot of Imperial merch. And over the last five years, that's been... Let's just say last week I thought twice about picking up Imperial merch and put on a <laughs> rebel uh, mask to wear outside. Um, it's the it's the age old thing, man. It's like GI Joe and Cobra. I have more Cobra toys uh, because they have cooler toys, and the Empire has cooler toys. And you know, when you're seven, you're glad they lost, but you're like, those walkers were pretty cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I always kind of like the t- the tie interceptor is probably my favorite ship on their side. Uh, you know, so yeah, that stuff. Uh, you know, but uh, do I celebrate the Empire? No. <laughs> Am I rooting for Palpatine to win? He's one of my favorite characters because I love to dive into what he means to Star Wars and and, and us even in the real world. But um, I'm not rooting for him to win. Of course. Yeah, uh, you're 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 a Jedi guy, right? Or you or you just want to fly with Wedge? Uh, no, I'm I'm a pilot, like a Rebel pilot specifically. That'd be my major okay. fandom, I'd say. You want to? Um, you, do you want me to break it down even more? Because I oh I'd no be no a, you don't have to. I'd be a just... bike. I'd be a biker scout. Even though I oh, okay not, yeah, cool. I've never ridden a motorcycle in my life because I'm too afraid to die. Um, but I love the biker scouts. I always have, even even after Sudeikis and Pally uh, punched uh, Grogu. <laughs> Ooh, I thought I evaded. It said missile evaded as I died. That's not fair. Well, I just accidentally blew up a shield generator, so we're doing pretty good. Uh, we're good, we're good. I did help take down that ship. I feel like I'm not a complete waste. Well, the, the last question I always like to like or like to ask everyone is, what is your favorite B-list or lower character? So not a main character. You already said Han. But who yeah. who's a character who you think you probably love more than anyone else in the world? I mean, I'm a big Radis fan. That kind of came out of just Rogue One. I love the sound. I love the emotional um, weight he brings to the battle. Um, Rogue One, with the force be with you, makes me tear up. Uh, and then I had the pleasure of, of meeting uh, Stephen Stanton. Like a lot of a lot of people know Stephen, and, and, and a great voiceover guy who does the voice of Radis. Paul Casey does uh, Radis himself, and that just made me love Radis even more. But so I've become kind of a Homer, uh, a Homer, as they would say in the old days, a Stan, and uh, nowadays for Radis. Um, <laughs> Uh, Wedge, I'll tell you what though, I grew up, you know, I know you love Biggs and I get it because Wedge was, as a youngster, was one of the first kind of schoolyard conversations where you knew his name. Like, even though they say it in the movie, like, it, it's not a hard fact to learn, but like, right. when you're nine on the playground, you're like, you know, that guy's called Wedge Antilles. Like, I have an affinity for Wedge. And, and that's why I wrote in, in uh, the book, Why We Love Star Wars, uh, I wrote that early chapter, the early essay about him getting to say Lock as Foils into acquisition, which was kind of this promotion and how the traditions to Star Wars are important. But also it was great to know that Wedge worked his way up, man. He worked his way up. He survived. And uh, I loved it there. So um, I, I get you. Yeah, that I'm trying to think of other. I mean, I have a weird again. I'm not rooting for the Empire. I swear. I love Imperial officers or First Order officers. Moden Kennedy is another one of my favorite characters. Sure. I, mean, uh, I, I was talking to Beers Watch earlier today. There's no yeah. 
judgment for <laughs> Be- no, <laughs> enjoying the bad guys as long as you don't, you know, yeah, it's fiction. Uh, I so I love Moff uh, Tangier Gerard uh, Gerard, and um, this is how dorky I was. This is why my social life was as expected, and this is back in an era where nerd meant nerd. It wasn't like you know the fact that I loved Star Wars was a fact I had to keep hidden for most of my childhood and into high school, until you found friends who you'd whisper, "Do you like Star Wars? Oh God, yes, uh, yes. Let's talk about Star Wars secretly behind the shed." Um, I. Uh, in my like eleventh grade art class, we had to do like a you know calligraphy or something like that. So I used the quote from the Return of the Jedi novelization by uh, James Caan, uh, where Gerard uh, Gerard is going to um, to meet Vader and he's ta- and his eater in his head and he's you know he's an Imperial officer. He's kind of smug and he he kind of is a priv- a privileged background and kind of you know all that kind of stuff that you learn later on as you grow up. But he, he has this great quote about great men never hurry, great men cause others to hurry. Mm. And I loved that, and I just was obsessed with it, and I made a calligraphy like art piece. And I even attributed the quote. Here I am, like 17 in high school. Uh, my teacher's like, that's a great quote. I'm like, it's from Moff Jared Gerard. <laughs> like, what? Like, this guy who, uh, the administrator of the second Death Star. Okay, again. Uh, please go home. <laughs> never mind. Yeah, go home alone again. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, I get the, the Imperial officer, the, or the First Order officer. I mean, and Moden Kennedy might as well be a Imperial officer. So Yeah, I, I figure they're all lumped in there. Yeah, and I, I do have, I, I, you know, I love Tally Lintra. Uh, you'd be, I've, I, I always say I have a little space crush on Tally Lintra. It's, it's hard not to, and, and she's so good. Uh, uh, you know, Scrimshaw said early on, like, Hermione Corfield should teach lessons on uh, cockpit acting. She's so good at uh, just delivering the lines. Oh, yeah. Like, for as little as she is in that movie, people were really like, justice for Tally. Yeah, the last smirk of Tally Lynch, as I call it. And, uh, yeah, I love Tally, too. So there's a lot of those. That's the funny thing. You know, that comes. I I, I really believe that comes from the figures, man. The Kenner figures back in the day. It was Mm. like they needed to sell toys. It's like walrus man put him in there and then that way you're paying attention to those kind of characters and star wars doesn't waste a lot of background characters agreed <laughs> that's oh, um, one of my favorite things about star wars is that yeah. uh, so many of these characters like everyone has potential for a story yeah oh my god mm. <laughs> just did you die because i just died uh, i didn't die but it was close <laughs> It was dicey what, okay. there. What, what's what, we're, we're trying to take out the Star Destroyer, right? That's uh-huh. all we have left. Okay. Yep, yep we're doing good. We're doing all right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, okay, I'm gonna switch to the Y wing here and do a do a bombing run. That's the favorite part. Of, I that one of the story uh, mode, you know, late in the story mode on Squadrons, there's you're a, you got to do like a strafing run, and I wasn't great as anyone watching can say. I'm, I'm clearly not great at this game, but I that was one of the moments I felt like a kid, and I, I really love the designers and writers of this game because. I, I got to get in a Y wing, go, you know, kind of, kind of sideways at an angle, and just drop bombs. And I was yeah. like, I've, been, I've been waiting my whole life for that. I should need to do it now, but I'm gonna take out some guns for you. I'll clear out these guns. Oh, and I died. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the story of my uh, Star Wars video game memoir. Oh, I died. <laughs> so something I've noticed about you through all of your years of like Jedi council and everything, you, you always kind of refer to yourself as a grump, but yeah. I, I just also think that you're one of the most accepting and welcoming star Wars fans that I know. So how, how did you strike that balance? Um, 
I am just kind of grumpy in normal life. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit of that's. I didn't know when I chose Han Solo as my favorite character because you know as a kid you have a draft with yourself like who am I going to invest in for my entire life? You know Han was smooth talking scoundrel who from my mind gets the girl right which was something i was interested in so i saw that and and i'm not that guy and and there's a lot of that but, but i grew up with han as han grew up with himself and and like force awakens han is more me than anything <laughs> and uh who just you know kind of runs away from stuff doesn't want to deal with it i'm probably more of a good person than i want to be and and uh you know, I had to work at a job there. You know, I got in a lot of fights and arresting people. And, you know, I wasn't a tough kid. And I had to kind of cultivate. And I, you know, been in pro wrestling. And, and you know, had a, you know, you're in tough locker room situations where you kind of got to maybe act tougher than really you want to be or are, mm. in my case. And Han was, there's a lot of Han in there. And then, um, but always in, in the end, choosing the right thing, choosing what he knows he needs to do to help others. And so there's some of that. But I, I just get, um, I don't know. I'm like I'm grumpy about. I haven't. I don't like watching movies. I don't like talking movies. I, you know that was that became something I was known for. And um, you know, I, I tried. I just try not to be publicly. And when it comes to Star Wars, I I think I would have been grumpy if if I had started Force Center in 2010. I would have been. You know, ah, prequels are stupid. And even though I was secretly watching Revenge of the Sith and not telling anyone over and over and over on DVD. Uh, you know, I would literally look around my room like, I hope no one's looking in my window because I like this movie. Well, you know, the movie's, the movie's bad and all that kind of stuff. And, and I grew and changed. And then by the time we, we started doing, I'll tell you what it was, Jedi Lines in 2014, um, uh, Harloff and Ellis launched that show on, on what became Popcorn Talk Network and then they uh, contacted me and Christian wasn't going to be able to do it. And so, you know, once you take the show and I said, can I work with Maude Garrett, who I didn't even really know. I, I knew her through Alicia Malone, but I didn't have to spend a ton of time around Maude. And I just, you know, she just has a, a radio broadcaster and so am I, and we can work together. And we did. She was one of my favorite people to talk Star Wars with or, or just broadcast with. So we kind of developed the show. It was like celebratory and everything. And we'd make our little prequel jokes here and there. And by the way, I still make them and I still make Star Wars jokes about all the movies. And oh, fans, I think that's part of the joy of it. It's, it's just... absolutely part of the joy. It's it's like we agree, we love these things, but let's also admit some of it's kind of silly. All right, we did something good there, right? No, we, we lost. We lost? But it's only two of us. It's only two okay. of us fighting against uh, five. So All right, we can keep going. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm gonna... that, that was that a warm-up. That was a warm-up. No, okay, that's a warm-up. Um, long story short, uh, you know, we would... Um, take a little shot here and there at the prequels and um people would write us very nicely and this is 2014 so probably a little different uh time they'd be like hey you know those are i i love all the movies and can't wait for the new ones to come out because this is 2014 but man i you know i grew up on the prequels and you're kind of attacking my movies and even though i get what you're saying and it was so we had a couple of those moments and and I started to view it differently and did not want to hold on to just my view of Star Wars. And and then even now, I mean, Scrimshaw and I are definitely in agreement on a lot of things, but there's little things we each gravitate to that are different than the others. Or we never have huge... The only thing we've really hugely disagreed with is or disagreed on is I just didn't like Timothy Oliphant as Cobb Vanth, and he loved him. And that was, that was the end of our debate was, good point, good point. You know, that was it. Um, let me know if I need to press buttons. Uh, what did I do? I don't know. It's saying 
This is. Do, 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 do. If for a while it said uh, I was the administrator of the fight, which we don't want that. <laughs> New Republic. Yeah, see, I don't know what it's doing. Do, 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 do. You're not even there. Oh, I. Ah, that's why I put it into. No, that's not what I did. Galactic random. There we go. Okay, I figured it out. <laughs> well, since you, you brought up uh, Force Center, how did how did Force Center come to be? How did it come to be? Um, it was. Let's see. I had Knapsack Files, which is still going. Uh, it's more. Um, I have a comedy podcast now called Saturday Night Knapsack that is pretty much just that that feed now. But um, I was I was. You know, after the sale in 2012, I mean, you can kind of, and, and at the same time that digital media was growing and, and talking about movies and pop culture was growing, you know, that seemed like a fun thing. Um, let's talk Star Wars. So I started doing a show on my podcast feed called Spotlight Colon Star Wars because I was gonna, also was going to do Spotlight Game of Thrones or Spotlight Pro Wrestling or Spotlight Baseball. There's other things I had that I, I had interest in. And, um, then I started Jedi Alliance or, or got, you know, Mod and I were in Jedi Alliance. And I knew towards the end of that, I knew I was going to have to give that up because I was going to go work for Screen Junkies. And I was like, well, I still want to talk about Star Wars, especially with the movies coming out. Uh, so Scrimshaw and I had worked together on Jedi Alliance and he had taken over Jedi Alliance with, with Donica and Roka and all the stuff at that point. And um, so I reached out to Joseph and I said, hey, would you want to launch this thing? And uh, he came back with some ideas and, and we said, let's work with Jennifer Landa. Jennifer was going to be the replacement for Mod Garrett when Mod Garrett had to leave uh, Jedi Alliance. And I did not know Jennifer. And I reached out via YouTube or business email and said, would you want to come be a guest on the show? And I was going to, if that, you know, I figured she'd probably work out really well. Me and Phil Svitek, who was running Popcorn Tuck at the time for AfterBuzz and everything, we were going to like sit her down afterwards. Like, hey, would you want to do this weekly? And she showed up like eight and a half months pregnant <laughs> and she was like I'll, I'll be out of commission for a bit so uh so joseph and i brought her into on the you know help build up force center with us and so kind of came out of that joseph you know hey i got the show data bank brawl i want to do it said so we kind of just uh launched that and you know fall of uh, 2015 and it's kind of crazy to think we're in our what is officially our seventh season but really what five six years of doing it i told joseph i'm so sorry you got stuck with me the other day but you know <laughs> Still going and still, and I think doing some of our best work. I think my fandom has grown, how I look at it, how I dig into it. And Joseph inspired a lot of that. Jennifer inspired a lot of that. Um, so that's been, that's why it's still going strong. Well, I mean, I think a lot of uh, Star Wars creators, podcasters, YouTubers, whatever, like, I don't think we watch and listen to every single person's no. every single episode, but. Uh, I, I listen to you and Joseph and Jennifer uh, very, very consistently. Um, you, you're, you're always people who, like, if I'm not crazy about uh, The Rise of Skywalker, for example, right. uh, like, right. I just was devouring everything you guys were putting out about it because uh, I knew you'd see a different side, a side that sure. I really enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that comes from engaging with the story presented to us. One of our themes that Joseph kind of inter introduced with us, which doesn't mean it's doesn't mean movies are without. Oh, I almost. Oh gosh, oh, I survived. How did I survive that? Um, 
for you know, I don't want to jump into the debate, but I finally saw Wonder Woman '84. I, I, I'm not a huge superhero guy. I didn't grow up reading superhero comics and stuff, and I enjoyed the first Wonder Woman a lot. And I really enjoyed Wonder Woman '84. I get everything that people are, have wrong with it. I don't. I don't. I, but I'm not a critic. I never was a movie critic. Uh, that, there was some confusion in that. I, I I was not on Jedi Council to be a critic of Star Wars. I was there to celebrate it and, mm-hmm. and discuss it. Um. So we we bring that approach to Star Wars, but it's never we if we don't like something we don't like it, and and we just choose not to focus on it. Um, right. You know, I'm not. A, I've told you know, I'm not a huge fan of Thrawn in, in modern canon or in old canon anymore. But you know what? There's stuff I love about it and love about Thrawn, and I'll choose to talk about those aspects of it versus tear it down because what's there's just no point to me anymore. Especially the older I get, all the gray in my beard. You know, I. I, why? Why am I going to spend time swirling around something I, I don't love? Yeah, it's uh, exhausting. <laughs> it's exhausting. It, it, what's the point? And, and uh, you know, could it get you more clicks? Could, do people love? And I'm not talking, you know, I don't mean that in an over neg- overly negative way of just go get your clicks. I mean, we are in a cyn- we live in a cynical society, and that's easy. Cynic- cynicism and sarcasm, which I'm a very sarcastic person, sardonic and, and, and irreverent at times, and I get it, but, like, when it comes to Star Wars, like I want to be moved by it, I want to be uh, inspired by it, I want to learn from it, I want other people to learn. That's why I, I, you know, at one point was just like you talk about being welcoming. It's like this is a, Star Wars should be a big table that we all get to sit at and and talk and discuss and also have fun. I miss a little bit of discourse. I, I, I miss a little bit of it. It used to be fun, um, and it can be now if you're in the right environment. Um, but I'm not talking about like on the internet, but like even in person, like I get, I do, I have to, I get defensive. Um, I get, I get defensive and I've been in some little heated exchanges on that other show I used to be on because I I was really upset at some of just misinformation that sometimes is out there. And that spills over into if someone has an opinion, I'm ready to tear it down, which I shouldn't be. Yeah. That shouldn't be the case. Um, and so that's, that's changed over the years too. It just used to be silly when we started doing schmoes in 2012 as a just kind of a big live podcast like those silly debates were silly debates to us and we'd get off air and go across the street to buffalo wild wings and have some wings that were delivered an hour late to the table as always and um that was it and then it became after a while it was like your identity and it's Mm -hmm. like did you love holdo or did you hate holdo you must have a binary decision and that is you (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know, and it just, you know, you know, you live it, you live it. And it's, it's, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. Oh, did you destroy the Raider? Uh, we destroyed the Raider. Oh, that's such a nice, generous thing to say. <laughs> I, I don't know what I did, but I think I actually said it so that we are playing completely against AI and like no uh, AI, quote, players. So oh. this is a little more relaxed. I'm happy about it. Okay, I mean, you, if you need to step up the for your street cred, step up the the toughness, just because you're playing with the dad here who's like, what's a, what's no, a I'm, I'm legitimately happy about this. Oh, yeah, that's good. Um, I I mean, I, I I game every day. By game, I mean manage my baseball team on an MLB <laughs> show. But uh, though I am that 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 Indiana Jones news that just launched. Oh, yeah. uh, on the day of this recording is exciting i am excited about that i don't know what they're gonna do bethesda uh, i know that people love their games i'm not mm-hmm. really 
into their stuff. They they've done like Fallout, uh, mm. what's the other one? Skyrim, uh, the Elder Scrolls games. Like, okay, they're very open world. I tend to not enjoy that so much, but obviously I'll give anything indie a shot. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It, um, but is it going to be for all systems? Is that, did I hear? I didn't follow the news story too well today. Uh, it's not just me, like for Xbox or something, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't know that they even said. That would be silly. I don't know, but I, yeah, I just don't know the game. You know, sometimes we'll talk about it on Force Center, and people are like, "Well, that company," like we don't know. We we press <laughs> buttons. Yeah. There you, oh, the little eyeball is you. I see now. Okay, I see. I can I can be your wingman. I can be your hero, Alex. We can destroy the Raider together. Uh, well, you mentioned it earlier, but I wanted to talk about, oh, God, uh, your book, uh, Why We Love Star Wars. What what inspired you to write 100 <laughs> um, essays all about Star Wars? Uh, well, uh, several things. I always did want to write something. Uh, Star Wars made sense. Uh, two, I lost, uh, th- three, I lost my job. Um, and, um, it wasn't necessarily about money. Trust me, you don't make money, uh, writing books. Um, long story short, I, you know, had come out of the, the collider phase as a full-time employee. I was going to, I knew I was going to be doing some, some Jedi council and, and, and stuff occasionally, but I was done, uh, full-time and I'd been at screen junkies and I'd been at collider after leaving my day job of 17 years in 2015 and working nine to five. Actually my old job, I was on, I was on call for 24 hours a day, seven days a week for 12 straight years. Um, never had a day off officially in 12 years. And, and, uh, you know, I, unemployment was scary. It's the first time I've been unemployed in my life since I lost my radio gig in 98, which is when I moved to LA after that. So, uh, I want to take a moment, and it was just like, all right, I'm going to live off credit cards because that's the American dream, and figure out what's next. And I'd always wanted to write, but I was, a, and I'm, I'm a writer, but I was like, it books a different thing, and I was afraid to do it. I was, I was really afraid, and uh, met with my friend Alicia Malone, who wrote two books for Mango Publishing. Just like I, I, I want to do this, and she she said, you know, in her, her great Australian accent, you you can, you can do this, and I'll put you in contact with them, and I got in contact with them um great editor over there hugo and uh uh pitched uh what i want to do which was i think it was a uh, hundred reasons to love star wars or some other different kind of title and um i had a big meeting with everyone there the owner of the company it was a virtual meeting there out in miami and uh i'd introduce myself to like 10 people and the last person was like oh my god i'm such a huge fan of jedi council oh, like, oh nice <laughs> that actually all right uh that finally is worth something and uh, so they were like, yeah, of course, we'll, we'll give this book a, tr- a try. And it was quite a journey. I had about two nervous breakdowns in it. And <laughs> um, it was, uh, you know, it's fun. And, and actually, it's, it's so funny as, as we're talking, like, I'm fu- I'm gearing up to do it again. Oh, um, yeah? Yeah, we haven't. It'll take a bit because we're, we're launching the, the Good People Association and stuff. But, uh, yeah, we're going to do some kind of not a direct follow up. I'm trying to do something a little different a little more personal with, with star wars that is also hopefully a shared journey with other people but so, so still star wars centric look i'd love to write about baseball which is my other big love and i did write a baseball column last year um you know who, who am i kidding i, I i'm i have a, I, had, I have no level of fame but for what i'm known for it's star wars so um i, I was thinking you might do game of thrones or something I would love to. We're, you know, I got the Cash to Talk uh, podcast still going, and we're doing again. I'm doing a Game of Thrones rewatch on there, and and getting ready for House of Dragon. 
Uh, and that's another world I just absolutely just love as, you know, not as much as Star Wars, but in the same way where I, I dig into the themes, the lessons and what's that. I, I can spend so much time in that world um, without a doubt after what the reception to not just season eight, but just the, the pop culture kind of zeitgeist turning on the show. I just like, and eh, I don't want to touch that. That's that's going to be for me just by myself, mm. <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, I, th- I still think I have something to, to tell in Star Wars. So we'll see. It's it's. But I'm afraid again. You know, it's it's a process. It's a process to sit down and do that. What what was the? If uh, <laughs> this is too much, you don't have to answer. What was your biggest nervous breakdown over when you were writing a book? Uh, you just can't get the words out, man. Like you know, and I was just writing something. I wasn't writing narrative or fiction. I was writing a hundred essays and. The first mistake I made, you know, I had done an episode of Force Center, but it was Spotlight Star Wars, I think, episode 50. And I did 50 Reasons to Love Star Wars was the podcast. Oh, I'm caught in a tractor beam. I am going to die in this tractor beam. Uh, and I'm dead. Um, and so when I pitched the book, my, in the back of my head, I was like, well, this is going to be easy. I already have not only 50 moments picked out because I did it on the podcast. I'll just transcribe what I talked about on the podcast. I'm going to finish this book. I'm going to finish this book in two months. And uh, I went back to that podcast. Number one, uh, only 20 of those moments made it into the book. And not <laughs> one one word I said on the podcast made it into the book. Like, it was just like, ah, nope, uh, that doesn't work. I've changed my thoughts. I've grown up a little bit on how I view that moment. Or just, nope, it's not hitting for me. So I had to basically start from scratch. And um, it's just, you know, you sit down and, all right, today I'm going to write about you know, I love that moment in Phantom Menace where Padme kind of bests Palpatine for a moment and throws him off his guard by saying he's she's going to go back to Naboo and everything. And I love that moment. And so let's write about it. So you have all those thoughts. Yeah, I got it. And then you just can't get a word out. And it's a tra- it's not even, I don't believe in writer's block. I, it's not really a thing. It's you have to writing is a is a is a job. It's a craft and you have to force yourself to do it um, and you can work through it. You can be stymied you, you can you can feel less inspired on days that's why I'm tractor beam again um but uh you just so yeah you just it was late in the process and i just remember alicia had told me this and i you know i know other authors my friend madeline rue is an author actually wrote the story eclipse in the first from a certain point of view book she's, oh. she's great and you know uh but alicia told me like Trust me, it, it, it's you are going to f- experience things, pain that you've never experienced before as a creative. And that was the case. I just there was one particular day with my head uh, down on my uh, pillow, writing on my bed in my bedroom, in my old apartment, just screaming into the pillow, I can't do this. <laughs> what am I doing? And uh, you just kind of you just got to power through, man, and have editors behind you and um, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, do, we'll get ready to have some more nervous break. <laughs> do you have a favorite essay that jumps out to you that you're uh, really proud of? Yeah, yeah. I love the one. I, um, the, the, the Luke Skywalker's death one, because I, 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 I love Last Jedi. I, I love uh, what they did with Luke. I, I, I love a lot of stuff. I didn't love it initially. I didn't love that Luke died initially. I, when I walked out of the screening, I, I, I had to sit with it for a few days. So that's how I wrote the essay was Luke Skywalker died tonight and mm-hmm. how I came to kind of uh, appreciate that and, and, and the peace and purpose and everything the, of the moment that I love. So I, I, for that was very personal. Like it wasn't just like, I like this moment and I blah, blah, blah. It was like, let me, uh, here's how I, this is what happened what I experienced. Yeah. 
um, I remember coming out of the screening and just, you know, me and Mark Ellis just kind of like, okay, okay, all that happened. How are we going to, you know, <laughs> how are we going to do it? And we, and I, and I think it's important. And now, nowadays in film criticism or whatever the hell it's called now, film Twitter and everything, it's a lot of it's the job. I don't hold it against anybody, but like, you know, I saw that with the rise of Skywalker and I don't, you know, like it or hate it. I, I don't really care anymore. I don't care. But I saw so many people come out of the screening just, their snarky tweets ready mm, yeah i didn't even that's something that one with it. Yeah. talked about before yeah the, the, sometimes you just have to let these things sit and i that's absolutely it. think that's right but also yeah when your job is a youtube channel where people are like waiting for your yeah. uh, like i feel like i should start calling them reactions instead of reviews uh well yeah and most look most reviews and look there's film journalism is a career it's a thing and i know a lot of professionals and everything and, and it just and I love that everyone has a voice. Not, that's not a problem. But, like, a lot of the reviews are just a rundown of the plot. Anytime I'm on a Game of Thrones show back in the day, they're like, cool, we'll just go scene by scene and talk. Like, that's not a review. That's just, like, recounting what we all just watched. Mm-hmm. Like, what does it mean? What does it mean for the characters? What does it mean for you as a fan? Uh, themes and lessons. Like, that, that's what's in these stories. And, and not everything's a plot line. I argue with the Game of Thrones stuff a lot. It's like, well, they didn't do anything with that plot line. It wasn't a plot line. It was a character in there to serve the main character. It was a character to give you insight into the larger story. That that's the way I view these. Not everyone does. So I just kind of been burned on that. But so, anyways, long story short, to, as I die again, God, that's now seventy-two deaths. Um, I that's why that's why I approach that Luke Skywalker. I say I was like the one I wrote on um, Infus Nest. I mean, it's really hard to say this. I actually hate everything I wrote. Let's be clear about that. But. Um, <laughs> Well, there's and there's that I've told there's that factual error in like the first essay that slipped by me in every edit. I, I misnamed the starter story that I know I know the starter story's name, uh, but it just it uh, it made it into the print and it keeps me up at night. Which it one? Just, <laughs> which one was it? Uh, the the Devastator and Avenger. I, I, I flipped them in my brain and uh, was talking about uh, in New Hope, uh, which was uh, Devastator, right? Chase chasing uh, the Tana V four. And I put Avenger in the book, but but I, I caught it like like it just you know it's like you just don't see the typo and no one on the copy editing team they were like this kid we hired a Star Wars expert so yeah why would we question him <laughs> no, not going to fact check it and I got the first copy of the book in my hands and I went oh bleep. like what are you talking about oh we won it we won this yeah time. we did it Woo, everyone give us a high five <laughs> so I love the Infus Nest one because um, I love that moment I wrote specifically look at my thumbs up that's a good that's accurate. <laughs> we're both the same guy um yes. yeah i love the um the moment of uh i wrote specifically about infus nest taking her mask off and in front of beckett and han and kira and um i just called that moment like she's the new face of the rebellion at that moment and what it meant and, and everything so i, I like that because i really love that character and i, I really love aaron uh, uh kellyman as uh, as infus nest so there's that one Another ones. Um, I wrote about yeah, I wrote about Ewok Hunt, the Battlefront Two mode. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, I love that mode, and that made me just really not realize how much I wanted my whole life wanted just to pretend to be an Ewok killing stormtroopers. <laughs> game gave that to me. Well, you you brought it up a second ago, uh, and I don't really know what the answer is, but what is the Good People's Association? The Good People Association. So, uh, long story short, uh, there's a guy named Eric Bass of the, the rock band Shinedown. 
Um, he got to know Mark Riley over the years. He's just kind of a, 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 a fan of some of the stupid, silly things we we've done on, on YouTube and stuff before. So he, uh, he and Riley working on a project and uh, me, Riley and Josh uh, Makuga are still, you know, close, close friends. And always, you know, we got the afternoons podcast, Josh and I with Amanda and everything. And um, at some point over the summer, it was just like the industry's changing. Uh, a lot of the bigger companies are going away. I was trying to keep up with Twitch. It just takes a lot to get all this gear you have out that uh, you see now to set up and do and time and then you know i have so many podcast feeds i'm trying to work on this trying to maintain a life trying to just getting a little overwhelmed and it's also a lockdown a pandemic uh, <laughs> and you know patreon money is what it is and and you know you can't base your whole life on super chats and all that stuff at least at my level so um anyway so long story short uh eric was like what if i uh what if we all kind of form up and form a company and so it's a production company we intend to actually make you know, scripted content and, and lifestyle content and that kind of stuff, um, which is something won't necessarily be public facing until it's made or we sell it and all that kind of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, I've been, I've been in LA for 23 years now in comedy as a writer and all that kind of stuff. So trying to do some of that, but then, yeah, we want a public facing digital brand. Um, um, so we're gonna have that. So good people association, the GPA, uh, we aren't necessarily good people. We are bringing entertainment to the good people of the, of the earth, and it's going to be uh, a charity focus. Uh, our focus is going to be find the good, and it's going to be. We'll talk about some movies. Uh, we'll talk about silly stuff. We also um, have uh, a show that is uh, uh, called High Stakes Fun that I'll be hosting. That's like Uno or board games or that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, we got a board game show. Like it, it, it's silly stuff, stuff, stuff that not everyone's seen us do before. Uh huh. Uh, and and some stuff that we're known for, like people, you know, want to hear us talk about movies. Riley's Cantina, he'll talk about Star Wars, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, excuse me, a lot coming. Uh, launches, uh, you know, January sixteenth is our, our our initial launch, but then the programming starts, and we'll have a website and a, and a membership and all that kind of stuff. Uh, no Patreon page, something different um, that we're offering to folks to uh, join and, and support and be part of it too, and, and build a community. So cool. Well, see, it's a fun opportunity. One of those things that just was like when it, for we first had the initial meetings, we're like, I mean, this, but sure, but we're not going to be able to find an office. And like a week later, we found an office. Like, <laughs> oh, well, we're not going to be able. Oh, well, we did do that. Okay, so there's no excuses anymore. We've got to do this. So uh, it's been great. Well, I like all the people involved, so I look forward well, to seeing what, yeah, you're, well, what and, you're doing. Well, and we hope you and uh, Molly come on. It's going to be a lot of you know. It's not just Josh and Mark and I. Obviously, we got a lot of folks. Uh, some folks that a lot of people are familiar with and some that uh, people have not really seen before in our world. Uh, we're bringing in what I like to call in the old uh, retail uh, security days, uh, you know, new to market. Uh, we're bringing <laughs> in uh, new to market people. Um, so I think it's going to be fun. We'll, and that, it's an empire of fun is what we're calling it. So that's where we'll go with it. Still still got a hint of Star Wars in there. Can't escape it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Empire <laughs> of fun. Your new empire of fun. <laughs> the worst obi one ever uh, uh yeah. what what was it like uh you know you, you talked about being in la doing comedy and stuff and uh i've taken i've dabbled in improv i've taken some lessons uh-huh. but what what is it like out in la because you've you've told me some stories where i was like yeah. holy cow that seems intense compared to what is yeah. what the scene is like in atlanta 
Yeah, yeah, uh, and Atlanta's a good spot. Um, yeah, so I, when I moved to L.A. in uh, 98, I uh, started training at the Groundlings in 99. Every, everyone comes out here and eventually does some classes at the Groundlings. Uh, Groundlings is a you know, famous kind of sketch comedy troupe and school, started in uh, the 70s, uh, and um, Lorraine Newman uh, got on SNL. She was the first member of the Groundlings to get on SNL, and eventually, you know, Will Ferrell, uh, Tan, Sherry O'Terry, Lisa Kudrow came out of it. Uh, Conan was actually in classes, and my old teacher was in class with him when he got uh, hired <laughs> to do SNL as a writer, you know, and all this stuff. And uh, she actually taught Fallon back in the day. So, um, my Rudolph uh, and Kristen Wiig and all this stuff. So, yeah, I was there for 99, 2002 training, worked my way up. There's four levels. I got to the uh, top level before you get to something called Sunday Company, and it's and it's fun and it's great. Uh, you you form connections. Uh, you know, I got to one of my final class with was with Kristen Wiig and Mikey Day and uh, Brian Keith Etheridge, who's a like showrunner, writer, producer guy. Melinda Hill, great comic. Uh, Tim Blaney was the voice of Frank the Pug and Men in Black and all that kind of stuff. Like it was great. Super super talented people, and. You you got to bring your A game, and le- you're also learning. But it is a competition because you're getting voted on to move up to the next level, or get onto the Sunday Company, get onto the main company. And uh, like anything, it's like Game of Thrones: <laughs> <laughs> little intrigue, little backstabbing. Uh, you know, um, when I was there, people like uh, Melissa McCarthy and Jim Rash and Nat Faxon were on the main company. Uh, Will Forte had just got SNL when I started there. Um, or he was on the Sunday company when I was there. Like, you know, so you'd see all those folks around, uh, Cheryl Hines, those folks. And, uh, so it's competitive because you're out here trying to make it, you're, you're trying to get better, trying to make people laugh, but you know, you get, uh, you get on the main company. Next thing you know, you're on an HBO show or next thing you know, you're on Saturday Night live and next thing you know, your life changes. Um, uh, and, and so, so that's naturally going to breed not just competition, but stress and, and all that stuff. So that, that was the intense side of it. But, uh, after that, I moved into stand-up comedy, which turns out is worse because uh, you're by yourself. At least with improv and sketch, you have a group around you. <laughs> um, uh, and so I did stand-up comedy, you know, comedy store and all that stuff from 2003. Stopped a few times. I, I, I love to hate stand-up. Uh, now I'm doing shows with Ellis and stuff and, yeah. and slowly getting my way back into it. Um, and, and better than I ever was because it's just like I, I can enjoy it now. I'm not worried about my <laughs> career being based off of it, you know. That's I, I always just loved when you would you'd tell me a little bit about the groundlings and I'd be like, Oh my god, like I've been taking lessons, but it's like a, a really fun way to spend a Sunday night. Just like, oh, a bunch of friends are gonna get together and goof off. Yeah. And like that's it. Cause in Atlanta, I mean there's there are a lot of productions going on in Atlanta, but the people here aren't taking improv classes mm-hmm. to make it their career. Like some of them are maybe just training a little bit to be better actors, but most people are, are just there to yeah. have fun. Yeah, no, and it, look, and that's it should be that way. Uh, and, there, and the lower levels of the groundlings uh, and the class, the school has expanded now. It, it, again, I've, it's, you're talking almost 20 years last time I was there. Um, I, used to, I used to go hang out in 2014. My writing partner Matt Key got on the Sunday Company, and so I went to hang out there again. Um, yeah, it's intense, man, and it's a fine line. Like uh, you know, who makes it and who doesn't, and doesn't necessarily have anything to do with talent a lot of its timing and yeah but um i i think improv particularly improv is something that a lot of people should try out and test and, and especially if you're broadcasting or entertaining or 
you know, you, YouTube and making it big on TikTok and it, that that stuff's great. I, I don't I don't mind the new way and the new way to make it, but I I I love being able to go on a stage and professionally entertain people. And I, I think people should take a take a shot, take some classes, learn how to communicate better, learn how to get your timing down, your rhythm, your confidence, and and that can be fun. You're not you're not trying to get on SNL. You're trying just yeah. to. Uh, they send a lot of it. I'm sure you experienced that in Atlanta, but like. The groundlings, like the first levels, you'd have a lot of people who were like, "Oh, I'm a, I'm a CEO, or I'm a, you know, mm-hmm. uh, vice president of a company, and my company sent me here so I could learn to, you know, speak, you know, better at corporate events, or you know, like a lot of that." And and there's a lot of value in that. So, uh, yeah, no, I think you guys are doing great and having fun. That's the key. That's so. that's really interesting. Uh, just the the idea I like. Well, that's the point of the show. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> yeah, well, that's but, good. It's interesting. You're saying interesting about taking classes, or? Uh, yeah, I guess the the idea that CEOs will go to learn different things. I mean, and yeah, we have run into that, but I, I think that for the most part, I just found it a way to like learn how to be a kid again a little bit, learn oh, how to well, like yeah, yeah. play pretend. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, um, I think uh, forming character work uh, with through improv is is. I used to do some teaching as well, and you know our, our mutual friend Alex Backus of uh, BSR. He's a great improver and teaches uh, improv as well. Um, forming characters is key, I, I believe, even for podcasting and broadcasting and YouTube. Um, forming a character that's not wacky, but like a broadcast version of you is a character. Mm-hmm. And that changes the game, changes how you present yourself, and um, raises sort of the stakes of what you're saying as a broadcaster. And uh, um, yeah, so I think that's just valuable. I think that's part. That's what what I would teach a lot when I was teaching it too is how to form uh, a character, how to form that kind of point of view. I think that definitely shows in something like the Schmodown, where I I, I yeah. feel like. I don't really have... I, there's a bit of a character, but for the most part, it's just like, nope, this is just me. I'm here to answer Star Wars questions. <laughs> uh, which, by the way, is completely fine. It, that's a weird mix, uh, especially when it starts going online. Oh! <laughs> that these, I'll tell you what. These Y-Wings are built tough. They're Ford tough, these Y-Wings. <laughs> um, I'm playing this whole game not remembering how you uh, make your... Uh, heal yourself. Uh, if you go back to the frigates, to the Nebulan bees, oh. Oh, there's a there little supply go. area that you can pop into. I died trying to get back. Yeah, Shabon, no, you you and uh, Molly, uh, I know it was at first uh, something you both wanted to do. Um, I mean, you and I first, uh, you know, I met you two in person finally over the Schmodown at 2017 at, at, at uh, Celebration. Yeah. Um, and you guys are doing great. You're growing into it, and and that's all all you can do as a as a performer in the Schmodown. Uh, uh, obviously, I, I uh, years of off and on experience in pro wrestling, so it's it a different thing. But uh, uh, I've I've watched you. You know, you play. You play. You know. You know. You asked for a repeat when you knew the answer. So don't <laughs> act like you weren't doing the character. <laughs> Ooh, all right. Barely made out of that. Good. I'm going to take down the Star Destroyer. I believe I can. I believe I, I believe in you, too. Um, yeah, I'll never forget the name of Tivik after <laughs> missing, missing that. 
uh, did, messing up in that. <laughs> did Did you always like kind of the trivia aspect of Star Wars, or is that just something that came along naturally from you know watching the films over and over? I, I just have that kind of silly mind. Uh, you know, I'm a big baseball fan, and I can name baseball. You know, I know Jesse Barfield led the American League in home runs with 40 home runs in 1986. There's no reason I should know that right. or still remember it. Uh, so I've just had useless information. I'm not, I'm not alone in that, clearly. Uh, that's why the Shmodan's popular. Um, Star Wars was always that thing. It, it was never a know-it-all situation, which is why I don't, you know, I've never understood, like, trivia, gatekeeping via knowledge like that is silly to me because it's like, it's not the point of a lot of this. It's the additional fun of it all. But yeah, no, like I mentioned the Wedge Antilles thing or Moff uh, Gerard. I mean, but back in the day, he, Tion, he didn't have a first name. Now he does, and so I'm, I'm love to know that stuff. So it just was always there, um, and I think one of the early time, earliest times we, it was before the Schmoes podcast was going, but it was Schmoes Know was going as as a YouTube channel. But we were doing the live comedy shows um, at Room Five in La Brea every Thursday. That's uh, where I got to be on stage with Roddy Piper and all that stuff. Uh, Mark Ellis and I did a Star Wars trivia contest, and we built it up. We kind of had a little thing a feud on the comedy shows and we we competed for his red five vanity license plate from virginia Ooh. and uh i wore my i had this old t-shirt that was like a princess leia pe- pencil drawing real close up with the her buns and the and the and the uh the satine's lament blaster and in, in, in your face and i uh, wore that and i brought my lightsaber that i still have from like 1985 power of the force two line lightsaber the luke saber and uh, we competed, and that was like the first time I was like, "Wow, all the things I got made fun of for in life just got me a fun moment in my my entertainment career." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I can't complain about that. Oh, let's get. I mean, what, what was it like to win the belt in front of just a packed room full of Star Wars fans? I it was great, and I can't lie, man. It was it was satisfying. It was it was um, not justification for. But yeah, I'll say it. I'm a nerd. Justific- it was justification for years of, ooh, you should take down those Star Wars toys from your room. Um, <laughs> and look, I, here's the thing: Whitworth's a machine, and he the need that was the Nita match where he messed up Nita, and he just blanked and got eliminated. And it wasn't one on one. Nine times out of ten, Whitworth's going to beat me one on one. You know, I came very close in the Iron Man match. I believe I had a chance, but he's got it. He's just He's got memory, a, 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 a picture perfect memory. A sense. He's just he's a machine. A um, little bit of luck, you know. Some of his he admitted some of his, uh, you know, uh, in that team match we did. He he took some guesses on some uh, um, speed round matches, and that, that that's that's all there. So I was. It wasn't so much about defeating him in that match, but I want other people in that match studied so hard, and <laughs> had other collider employees come to their apartments and like said this is part of your job description you must uh read us trivia questions and they wanted it so bad and i wanted it bad too um and i we were in a house we were in a um we were in a uh airbnb that weekend um and i eventually switched to uh, what ellis had an extra room in his suite and i was like i'm out of here um they would they were up studying and i just sat in the room quietly by myself <laughs> and when i defeated everyone else I'm not going to lie. It felt like justification. <laughs> but I remember you, I, you know, you know, I, I brought you and Molly in and you go, you guys were in the corner. I, I can't remember exactly what I said, but I pointed and I was like, that's like, 
that's the future champ right there. Though that was, yeah, that was before, like, I think I had met Christian the day before mm-hmm. that match. Right. Uh, that was also just when my uh, man crush on you developed because, again, oh, you were so you were so welcoming and nice. And I was like, we're just like this small YouTube channel and the Collider guys are like, Ken's from Collider. He's amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, kill me. Just kill me. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, well, look, I, you know, I, um, when I started doing Jedi Alliance, uh, you know, you start poking around and that's, you know, that's how I, I used to watch Jennifer Landa as a fan. I used to watch her stuff and I thought she was great. Hello, Greedo. Um, and he's, he's matured as a fan. Uh, you know, you yeah. and I, you know, I don't, I don't think I, we're always on the same page of how we view some of the stuff, but, uh, he's got such a level head and, and I love his stuff. Um, so he was there and, and, and it was you Star Wars minute. I remember Star Wars minute. Um, yeah, and, and, and I, 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 I don't want anyone to ever think I don't love, like, I'm kind of a canon junkie. I just, it's not how I see things first, but I want to know, like, I love looking at the timeline and being like, when did this happen? When did Han do this? When did that? And that's why I really started watching your stuff because it just was like, oh yeah, it's all, I can see it. And this is really informative and 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 a lot of people are out there doing various kind of things but you just had uh maybe it was that southern uh you know just ah shucks charm you had i don't know <laughs> but uh, it was great so no that 2017 that celebration in orlando was just so memorable i love chicago too great times i mean and 2015 i didn't go to london in 2016 but t- those three conventions are i've been <clears throat> to a lot of conventions in my career especially in the last five years with screen junkies, with Collider, with Schmodown and touring and was, you know, fun work, obviously, but those three are the best. And it's Star Wars. It's the community of Star Wars. It's that when you're all there to celebrate one thing, uh, it's pretty cool. Agreed. Star Wars celebration is just a, a weekend of pure joy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I can't wait to, uh, it returns and we all feel safe enough to return. Yeah. <laughs> um, Though I'm, I'll miss not seeing, uh, you know, Daniel Kennedy stressed if he's there as a fan <laughs> and happy. Uh, I don't, I won't know what to do. Uh, I, miss, <laughs> yeah. I miss just walking up to Daniel Kennedy in Chicago and giving him a hug and letting him know it's going to be okay. <laughs> You're doing great. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you yeah. have a like a memory, just as a Star Wars fan, that's something surreal that you you never thought you'd get to do? That I get to do, um, yeah. I I, uh, I co-hosted a panel at Wizard World uh, Chicago, uh, which is actually Rosemont in 2016, uh, which was the Carrie Fisher panel, and um, getting to you know meet her and you know backstage she comes walking up and you know this was you know unfortunately it was a couple more months before she passed and you know. Um, you know, she, you know, at the end of her life, I, you know, I get it. She, she, she'd been through a lot in her life and, uh, it was still Carrie Fisher and it was still Princess Leia, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. If you guys you know, get what I mean. And, and I, I, it wasn't just that a crush. It was just like, wow, I just, this is, if, if little Kenny could see himself now and she looks at me and I'm holding cards and we're introduced as the hosts and she looks at me and goes, I need to change my pants. Where can I do that? <laughs> And I'm like, that's all my life has led to this moment. Uh, and I, I said, I actually don't work here. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we had fun. So there's that kind of stuff. Um, 
Yeah, I was fortunate enough to go to the to the world premiere of both Last Jedi and Solo. I, I was a plus one, and I always laugh because you know I you know the whole that whole shill conversation, which is ridiculous, and 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 uh, you know people don't understand how the industry, the press industry, works. But um, I never actually was on those lists. I was always a plus one. I got to go to the Solo premiere because Christian Harloff's daughter couldn't stay up late on a school night. Like that was my vaunted shill access was a nine-year-old girl who had to go to bed <laughs> um but that was kind of surreal because the last jedi one well both of them there's the vip side and and our friend darina who's uh, also pals uh, with our, our friend nathan hamill uh mark's son um you know we were all there and we got to go into the vip side and i'm not gonna lie you know you're standing uh, two feet from Frank Oz, and I couldn't muster up the his courage to speak because it's like, what am I going to say? I really just wanted to thank him for Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, but but I, I couldn't do it. And um, you know, it, it it is surreal, and it's it's uh, it's also, it's not as cool. You know, you have those moments when you're there as a kid, but all it's also work, um, and it's great work. Believe me, I worked in a career for 17 years that was quite the opposite. Um. So that's why people don't fully understand it. Um, but just as a, you know, when you go to some of the other events, like if it's Marvel, like I'm not a big MCU fan. So, you know, the pro it's, it's, it's like a work day. Like, God, I got to go see the movie, you know, which I know totally sounds ridiculous and smug and swarmy, but Star Wars, it's Star Wars is Star Wars to me, man. And, and the last Jedi premiere and the solo premiere, you know, and it's just real. Like I, I, I we, you know, I'm, I got to stand, you know, again, stand, I, not meet, stand, uh, you know, next to Amelia Clark, like as Game of Thrones, uh -huh. like that's all. That's all I needed. But my favorite moment was um, they had served, uh, you know, food at the uh, at the, you know, like a dinner, like a tri-tip steak dinner, uh, you know, buffet at the solo thing, and I was going to go back for. Seconds. It wasn't catered by Denny's. It was not catered by Denny's. Uh, it should have been because the that that spicy Karelian burger, or whatever. That's that's great. Um, um, I got the. I went back for seconds because that's what Ken does. He gets seconds at a at an impressive event. Um, and there was Lords Kasdan getting a second helping of tri tip. And I just <laughs> like, come on, like you know, I wanted to be like, sir, thank you for Indiana Jones and what you did with a solo character. And uh, I love tri tip too, um, which now I don't eat much meat. But uh, you know, it was um, that kind of stuff as a kid. Uh, in the industry, I'm not. I'm not bowled over by famous people. I'm not. I, I, that doesn't impress me. And you know, uh, I know many people who've gone on to, you know, be very famous. And you know, that that that's fleeting and it's pointless. Um, but as a seven-year-old seeing Return of the Jedi, to to look up on screen and be like, you know, one day Carrie Fisher's going to ask me where can she change her pants? <laughs> like, like, come on, it's kind of silly, stupid, and fun. Which which of the premieres was more fun? Uh, last I'll tell you, Last Jedi, it, simply because uh, it was a naive time, Alex. Um, <laughs> Force Awakens, I did not go to Force Awakens or Rogue One. I was not brought to those ones. I did see uh, screenings, which is, is great. Uh, again, I don't want anyone to think I'm taking any of this for granted. I really don't. Um, because we had to fight for it. Like I, I, I'm not on a press list anymore. Like I, you know, I, I'm back to. I had to buy all the books again and everything. That's and that's cool. That's great. Um, uh, Last Jedi because we did. We didn't know. Like you, we came out of that screening. It was m mostly positive, but again, a lot of people just with the okay, okay. What do I? 
And we, we go downstairs to the, the after party, and, and there was the two sides to it, but we all had to go down to one stairs. And I get to the bottom stairs, and I bump shoulders, and I look over, and it's Ryan Johnson, who was just dazed. And, I, and now one of my friends, David, went to college with him and still today is friends with him and had been texting him the whole night backstage going, <laughs> oh, my God, dude, your, your movie's premiering right now and everything. And I didn't want to be like, hi, I, do you know David Fickus? And I just was like, I just looked at him, and he looked at me, and I go, thanks, man. And he just goes, okay, yeah. And like, <laughs> it's like, oh, well, Laura Dern was the other side of him. And it's like, it's kind of surreal, you know. That it, it, but then, then the next day and the week after, and then all the stuff that started happening. And uh, killed by pilot air. That's the story of my life. Oh, he's um, good. Then it changed forever. And, and, the, and everything changed. Uh, and it's sometimes been a, a struggle to find, uh, you know, joy in some of it. Well, uh, yeah, it's like now every Star Wars premiere... It- it's not just like a, am I going to like it? It's like, how is everyone else in the world going to react to it? Mm-hmm. And what fights, what fights am I going to get You know, again, the, in the Rise of Skywalker screening, I, I didn't go to the, the premiere, but um, came out of the screening at El Cap in uh, LA. And, I, I, you know, I stand by it. That movie moves me. I, I call it, it's a spiritual journey. It's like going to church and, and hearing the choir sing. I love the movie for that. Is it wonky? Is it big? Is it, is it kind of preposterous at times? Absolutely. Absolutely. That movie makes me cry more than any other Star Wars story, movie, book, anything. Uh, still, to this day, I get that, that, I mean, I, the second I got out of it, I was like, I don't think I liked that. I really yeah. want to listen to I wish, like, Ken and Joseph were here right now. <laughs> uh, our friend Van, you know Van William, the, the, the rock star extraordinaire, same uh-huh. thing. We The second viewing, we went with him, and, and he, he sat and talked with us before and after, and because he had already seen it himself, and, and um, and we, yeah, we, 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 again, we don't talk people in or out of anything. We just no, go, no, no. great, great. Here's how we view a lot of the stuff. And, and uh, with Joseph leading the way, I think we're able to connect some, to some really deep emotional stuff that's there in the story for the story's sake. And, and sometimes I always say the, the most, one of the most important uh, things in Star Wars is uh, uh, Luke at the cave going, what's in there? And Yoda saying, only, only what you take with you. I think a lot of people carry a lot of things into these movies, mm-hmm. not just Star Wars. Uh, and that's one of the things I, I just kind of will get grumpy about. But, um, yeah, uh, where I just got Walker, man, it, it brought tears to my eyes. It still does. But, you know, the first viewing, I was, I was crying. And that's my experience. It doesn't have to be everyone else's experience. And I came out of the screening, and, I, and, and just a lot of the people I work with were just stopping me. And they wanted to know that because they know, hey, I'm a, quote, Star Wars guy. And I would get, hey, what'd you think? And I was like, oh, I really absolutely love that. And they were like, they like pat me in the head, and be like, of course, of course, right, you would. right, yeah. Uh, uh, and, and then I'd see them tweet, uh, tweeting some snarky stuff that was just, I think, factually wrong about the movie. You know, whatever. And not here to debate it. And I just like, you know, why am I, why am I doing this? You know, why am I, why am I worried about what they think or what they think about what I think? That movie makes me cry. Um, Solo, Leia dying. Uh, the it's not a Navy search, just people. Love there's more line. of us, yeah. There's more of us, Poe. There's more of us. I love that moment. Uh, 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 Poe at, at Leia's the feet of her body, and and and, and Lando showing up and saying, "Well, we, we had each other." I just, it, I just love that stuff. I love that stuff. Um, the other stuff is what it is, and and I love, I just, I love Palpatine in the movie, but that's another that's another podcast where <laughs> I don't even want to get into it. Um, but it is what it is. That's my experience, and your experience is going to be different as it should. Um, but so going back to your original question, 
all of that, all of that going, driving up, getting dropped off at the, uh, you know, the red carpet of Last Jedi premiere, which was down in USC. Uh, it feels like another lifetime. <laughs> it feels <laughs> yeah. like another lifetime. Well, as we finish off this Star Destroyer, this will probably be mm. the end of it. Oh, How yeah. are you feeling about the future of Star Wars? And we got what Rogue Squadron, all these various series yeah. announced. What, what are you most looking forward to? I am, in terms of just material, I'm super excited about the High Republic more than I ever was. The Light of the Jedi changed my, didn't change my view. I, I was like, all right, cool, this sounds great, and they're going to put a lot of thought into it, and they've been planning it, great authors involved, I'm on board. Uh, Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule just, just has me in a different spot over that uh, era of storytelling. As far as the other, I mean, we have so much. I hope that, I hate, like, I love, I love The Mandalorian, you know it. It's not my favorite, but I love it. It's, it's moved me. Um, I hate seeing the joy for Mandalorian used against the other properties, and I'm, I'm grown, grown tired of that. I hope as Star Wars keeps putting more stuff out, that people will be able to enjoy their part of the universe. Uh, if you like Acolyte, I'm looking forward to that. Um, uh, that's going to be something you enjoy. I'm looking forward to Andor and Kenobi, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, more than other people might. Um there's just going to be so many choices, and I'm yeah. interested to see, uh, you know, I, I'm curious about Taika Waititi's movie. I am excited about Rogue Squadron. Um, I'm also not worried, like, the rumors and all the stuff popping up more about the writer being hired for the, the Kevin Feige movie we were, we were just talking about on Force Center. I, I, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, because it's so far away. I'm not even worried about it right now. Uh, I'm just worried yeah. about what's in front of me, which is a whole lot of Star Wars whole lot of star wars like you you guys are always talking about the the buffet yeah the buffet you're you you got you like going to star wars buffet but look like go i mean you're 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 of an age too where you can go back and and not imagine seeing all the stuff we're so close to get the service store um <laughs> but like go back to the late 80s it was done man yeah star wars was done yeah you had west end games and some stuff was out there i feel bad that i did that in an x-wing when i'm so loyal to the y-wing <laughs> Um, but if we were to go back to 1988 and a uh, 12-year-old Ken is sitting there and, and you were like, here's what's coming. I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I wouldn't believe it. Like a TV show? One TV show? Yes. Also about 10 of them. <laughs> what? And, and, and the books and Legends and, and, and you know nothing against Legends, obviously. They, that carried the flame for so long. Mm-hmm. But um, that, it's, that it's here, that it's official. I remember where I was, man, in my old office, my old job. Uh, seeing on Twitter, which was a different time then too, of George Lucas just sold Lucasfilm. I'm like, what are you talking yeah, yeah. about? What are you talking? That that's like I remember that too. Exactly where I was. Yeah, it's one of those days as a, as a nerd kid going, wait a minute, and and they're going to make more movies, which is inter- interesting to know now that George might have been close to doing it on his own, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, which would have been a whole n- different direction that people. I don't know if we'd be ready for anyway. So uh, I know where our match is over, but uh, great conversation. But you know, that's where that's where I'm looking for the future. There's so much Star Wars, and that's a great thing. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks so much for playing a few games, blowing up some Star Destroyers with me. Where can people find you online? All your various Twitter handles and podcasts and yeah. Easiest thing, uh, go to kennapsock.com. Uh, you can link to all the things from there. You can buy Why We Love Star Wars. Uh, perhaps more, most importantly, uh, go to uh, 
at good people GPA, kind of an awkward uh, Twitter handle, but <laughs> we so many Twitter handles are taken. Twitter or Instagram, go to good people GPA. You can also find links. I don't know when this airs, but we have a website coming up very shortly. I just can't send anyone there quite yet. Uh, and we are going to launch uh, soon full slate of programming. A lot of cool things coming at the Good People Association. So go to at Good People GPA. Awesome. Thank you again, Ken, for hanging out. And uh, everyone go check him out because he's, again, just one of my favorite people to talk about Star Wars with. He's the best. Uh, go listen to Force Center. Check out GPA, Good People GPA. Good People GPA. <laughs> Uh, That's the one. Thank you so much for hanging out with us and watching, and may the force be with you. Always.